do and welcome to Pablo's Vault of Horror. On this episode, I've got an interview with Tim Benzi, the man behind Solve Along, a murder she wrote. You can find out more details at the end where I'll give all the social media and website information. But the, he's currently on a tour around the UK, um, playing Whitley Bay Playhouse on the 6th of October, but uh, playing all around the UK. Um, so uh, I'll just pass straight over to me and uh, my interview with Tim Benzi. Over to you, Pablo. Uh, Solve Along, A Murder She Wrote is coming to Whitley Bay Playhouse on Wednesday the 6th of October. It's a unique and hilarious night featuring games, prizes and audience participation with special permission from NBC Universal Television, hosted by Murder She Wrote superfan Tim Benzi. Uh, he himself is an award-winning playwright and co-writer of the Royal Vauxhall Taverns 2017, 18 and 19 pan Goost rubbed and slipped uh, he's also the co-producer of the camp club night pop horror which is very suitable for our show uh, so joining me on my vault of horror is the man with a craving for cabot cove killings mr tim benzi hello tim hello pablo thanks for having me on nice to meet you oh and to you too uh, first off uh, thank you for agreeing to speak with me and uh, congratulations on the the success and continued success of the show um so it's just basically um first off um obviously the the show as detailed is focusing very much on murder she wrote so uh, what is it that first drew you into the world of jessica fletcher and cabot cove yeah well i was a big agatha christie fan as a teenager i read like 84 of her novels by the time i was 15 i just devoured them and and loved the kind of uh, murder mystery as a as a genre really uh, and then when it started on tv you know i was a teenager I, I saw it live when it was first on tv and it was like oh my god this show is for me it's just perfect so watched it um avidly as a as a teenager but uh yeah i just think it's a it's a really magic show and i think she's particularly uh endearing and amazing so there's something everybody loves jessica fletcher you know it's quite quite incredible and since doing the show i've I've come to learn how popular it was globally as well Mm. it's quite remarkable how many fans there are of the show all over the world it's crazy yeah, and I think it's, it's um, fair you're, you're saying that in regards to Agatha Christie, because um, one thing that I hadn't quite pegged is that, you know, it, it's kind of like, a, well, I say a modern day, a, a 80s to 90s interpretation of Agatha, she, uh, Agatha, she wrote, of, um, Agatha Christie's uh, Miss Marple in a way. Um, yes. And I, I think with, with uh, all the other TV kind of murder detective who done it type of things, they're generally either police or connected to something, whereas... She was one of the first ones for a long time where it was uh, kind of an amateur sleuth. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the, the producers really wanted her to be a, a combination of Agatha Christie and Miss Marple so that she was a writer and that she'd kind of solve crimes on her own. But um, and yeah, and certainly the, the style of a show fits into that Agatha Christie style of murder mysteries where, you know, it's, it's a closed room murder, effectively, meaning there are a limited number of suspects for each of the uh, each of the shows and you'll be presented with all of those suspects at the beginning and then you kind of choose one so it's very old fashioned it's miles away from from CSI you know that that, that. <laughs> so yeah it's and i think it's um <clears throat> i suppose rather than um expand that out from inside some sort of ancient mansion house it's the entirety of a, a small town and sometimes f- further afield beyond that as well um now i see um 
obviously the show in itself um what was it that gave you the idea for the show obviously being a fan of something and then taking that to to the level that you have what was it that what was the middle bit in between the kind of the thought process there yeah well I, I mean I'd always loved um things like sing along with sound of music and you know these really uh engaging shows where everyone gets really kind of involved and there certainly seems to be more of a this seems to be more and more popular all the time with secret cinema and various other um participatory things you know and but the title popped into my head solve along a murder she wrote I thought wouldn't that be fun to kind of in a, in a real in a group be a kind of emulate or replicate what I experienced with my family as we would watch the show together and try to solve it together and have a chat in the commercial breaks and and also how, how on earth would that work and so so the title came first and then it took me about six months to find the right person to be able to ask permission to do it to find how I would get the license to do this so anyone who's ever tried to put on a screening of a movie privately or in any kind of movie theater will tell you that you know <clears throat> there's no directory sometimes it's impossible to find out who actually originally owns the rights still to something so even something as big as this show it took me a while so uh so yeah so the idea came first and then i asked permission and then they said yes and i told them what i wanted to do and then i refined kind of how on earth this was going to work so and now i have a structure in a way that it works that's brilliant but um yeah it, it took a while a bit of tweaking no I, well, I know from well i mean not from personal experience but i know from some other people who kind of like uh, try to dig out rarities or old horrors and try and put them on um like you say it's quite difficult to find some people um but often with those ones uh, the difficulty is then that some of the people who created the work don't necessarily want people to see it now because <laughs> it's a yeah, yeah. but uh, i mean the one thing that we know from angela lansbury is he's a massive fan of the show um in itself so uh um, or the will we will go on to that in a moment i've got a question yes. relating to that yeah. um now uh as you say you, you managed to get the the reference the license and the like so you did all that before you took the show forward yeah i i you know i i, I you know when i had the idea and i spoke to a few people about it it was like well you know you could always just do it until they tell you to cease and desist but that's not really my style at all i like to I think artists should be paid for the work that they do and you know, I thought it was completely right to, to pay a fee. So, yeah, so I did a few shows at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, um, which is kind of where it started in London, um, as a kind of test run. Uh, and, and and it went brilliantly well. The first one we did, it made it sold out within days and they insisted we do another one. So we we did another one, you know. And um, so, uh, uh, yeah, and it was it was. <laughs> I was really taken aback by how people take to it, actually. It's really it's really amazing. I've sort of forgotten your original question, Pablo. I'm sorry, and then we got lost in there somewhere. It was just touching back on the the licensing oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you've yeah. already said, you, you went and did that before going ahead. And I think it's it's fair. And as you say, not only is it making sure people are being paid for their like intellectual property and the like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I would assume there's possibly a bit of a fringe benefit getting on board with the people from the outset, where you might actually, you know, did it expand upon what your original idea was? Were you able to do more than you thought you might have been able no, to? No, do? I, I I had to present them what I was going to do, and they said, "Yep, do that." so so it was always it's fine so yeah definitely it, it's it's wonderful that i'm allowed to do this it's fantastic so you know it's really delightful and um yeah and there's and i have a couple of rules in the show as well like i don't i don't make fun of jessica fletcher or angela lansbury during the show you know there's plenty to talk about and there's plenty of, of laughs and plenty of things to say but um 
but I never I never have a go at them because they're beloved, you know, and there's there's no need to kind of touch on don't don't knock Jessica. She's amazing. So and 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 of course, you know, people come dressed up as Jessica Fletcher to the show. Like I've never asked for it. It's never in the publicity. But um, if people want to come dressed up, they come dressed up. I did a show in Paynton where five friends came as five different versions of Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> one wearing a big yellow fisherman's jacket, you know, uh, one wearing kind of the twin set and pearls. It was it was amazing. So, yeah. No, that's it. I mean, I, I do know that, like, um, you know, with um, the Rocky Horror Show and things like that, I don't think... Uh, you know, I know those things became an uh, institution and something that you, you did at every show, but obviously that, that started somewhere and uh, I wouldn't doubt that it was probably um, within the these British Isles at some point. Yes, yes. We do like have a dress up and a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, now, um, now uh, obviously, with you saying this, I mean, I don't know if it falls within the, the kind of, um, you know, looking at um, Jessica Fletcher. Obviously, she's kind of like the, the avatar for us, the viewer, but with a little bit more... Um, crime-solving skills. Um, but there is a long-running fan theory is that Jessica Fletcher is actually a, a serial killer going about framing innocent people yeah. for crimes. Now, wh where do you stand on that one? <laughs> well, well, clearly, I don't think she's a serial killer who has killed all of these people. So, you know, and, and, and clearly, you know, the theory does not hold up. There are plenty, plenty, plenty of episodes where where she, um, you know, she has a strong alibi. Although hilariously, in, in the episode, uh, Who Threw the Barber Tolls in Mrs. Fletcher's Chowder, in which um, drugs are found in a chowder that she personally makes and serves at a dinner party, and, and it ends up killing one of the guests, right? Uh, strangely enough, she's never seriously under suspicion in any way during that episode. <laughs> so... It's maybe one of those things where, yeah, maybe she didn't do any of the murders, but you would possibly think in the back of her head, maybe I can just get one. I can just do one and she, no one pay any attention. No, she's certainly, Jay is in Jailbird, the episode Jay is in Jailbird, she's in prison. She's accused of murder herself. You know, it happens more than once in the show that she's she's under suspicion. And uh, uh, so, but yeah, it's it's very sweet. And, and Fangela's uh, often pointed out to me because, it, you know, it occurs to people and it's like, oh, my God. What if what if this is the case and it's like oh yeah that's really interesting but actually that the fan theory has been around for a long time and uh, there are t-shirts with you know with Jessica Fletcher I killed them all on it and all manner of stuff so it's, yeah it's a it's a nice bit of fun and I, I don't want to ever take away anyone's joy in in making that discovery for themselves but no she's not my my stand is Pablo she is not a serial killer. At all. Not fair. And, and to be fair, she would have to be quite the, the skilled like psychoanalyst or hypnotist because he pretty much every single episode she gets somebody to confess for, for whatever they've done. Before yeah. they actually they'll yeah. normally arrest somebody who's wholly innocent and then release them and then um she'll get somebody to uh confess all. But yes. Uh, yes. You're absolutely right. The show is very confessy. You're well, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of confessing in murder she wrote. So <laughs> It, it wraps it up nice and easy. Yeah, it's probably a good job that it um, kind of finished when it did, because the way certain things in America were going, she might have started bringing out the old uh, thumb screws and um, uh, water torches if she yeah. was. If she was yeah. so, um, yeah. Which I'm reminded recently apparently isn't torture. So. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I've just been watching a lot of 9/11 documentaries, not conspiracy ones. No, 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 just ones. real ones. Yeah, yes. sure. Yes. sure. Uh, <laughs> now. Um, <clears throat> 
Famously, Angela Lansbury is dead against any remake um, and has said she'd like to do more herself. Um, would you like to see her do one more for the road? Or if a remake were to happen, any thoughts as to what you'd do and who you'd cast if given the, the job as showrunner? Yeah, really good question. I mean, I... I mean, she has since kind of changed her mind about that. Like very recently, she said, oh, no, I don't. I think the characters, you know, I think people would want to remember Jessica for for how she was. And and certainly an element of Jessica Fletcher that she was very uh, strong on as a producer was that she would be fit and healthy. You know, that Jessica Fletcher would be jogging and that she would look after herself. And she really wanted to show um, that, you know, it wasn't the end of the road when you got really old, you know. And certainly Jessica Fletcher, as I'm sure you've noticed, you know, she battles sexism and ageism pretty much in every episode. She gets a lot of flack from people for dismissed as being a woman and an older woman. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, the sense I got was that she, you know, let's remember Jessica not as not not as someone who's really very old. I mean, she's 95 now yeah. um, and still and still very active, you know, but but she's kind of dismissed that herself. And you know what? I had I I don't know who I would possibly put in that role if it wasn't for her, because in in the series you might have noticed in like seasons, I think from seasons five and six there was a period where she didn't appear in every episode. You know, mm-hmm. she she was going to leave the show because she was exhausted. I mean, she'd worked in TV mostly before that. I'm not sorry, not TV movies really, and and on Broadway. But she was like, TV is another different kind of discipline, which is long hours and so. So she was going to leave and, and, the, and she, the producer said, well, you don't have a star in every episode. We'll do these bookended episodes where you're you're writing a book and the episode is about the characters that you're writing and that kind of thing. And I mention this because um, uh, everyone I know, including me, hate these episodes. Like all of the elements are there of a, of a, of a Murder, She Wrote episode. The only thing missing is her. Yeah. Right? So but that's enough. You know, for it to be like, oh, no, 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 I'm not interested. People hate those episodes. They're boring. They're this, they're that. So so it's really, it, it's it's kind of, you know, I hope she realises how much the success of the show is about how much we just adore her playing this character. You know, so her personally. So I so I, to, to try to choose who I think could be a successor, I don't know. I mean, she was very polite about Octavia Spencer as an actor. She was she was okay about her personally doing the role. Mm. But I think their idea was that she was going to be a nurse in a hospital. And yes, I read that. Yeah. The character wasn't even a writer, so why it was going to be called Murder She Wrote? Well, I think from what I read, it was if she was going to be a nurse in a hospital who was penning her first murder mystery book. Uh, Ah, a big part, right? Well, there you go. Yeah, it's what so, you often see in um in in horror, like when they're adapting, say horror fiction or something like that. Where like famously with World War Z and a, a few other things, where they they basically use the 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 title for a kind of a foothold with the audience, yeah. but in reality, they, they could have you know like with World War Z, zombies aren't copywritten. You could have called it any name and done the exact same film. And, you know, there would have been similarities, but it, it basically in some ways robs the opportunity to do a, a, a proper adaptation or a proper okay. remake if you kind of go on a bit of a segue. Because ultimately, if it's a nurse solving crimes, that's, you know, you're moving into diagnosis murder territory here. Yeah, yeah. I just think that, I mean, I totally understand why she would be against that, because if I'd worked that long, 12 years and four telemovies on a show, protecting and nurturing and creating a character, and I wouldn't want to see it someone else have a go at it not while i was alive you know so yeah first first uh angela then me and then you can do what you want yeah exactly 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 
Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, and I think that's the thing. I mean, I, I know myself personally, um, I mean, I, I was, you know, um, I was quite young when it first started, but but even, you know, familiar with bed knobs and broomsticks and all, all that sort of stuff. And obviously, you know, um, Angela Lansbury being um, like English and Irish yeah. heritage, and she kind of went over there, um, I think it was during the war, was it? And that, that kind of started a career over in America. Um, but even then, it's only really over the last few years where I've got it solid in my mind that Jessica Fletcher and Angela Lansbury which one is the actress and which one's the character it's they're just so interchangeable that it's 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 sometimes i mean i bet she probably gets it a little bit herself so uh well they they said to her when she when she auditioned for it because she wasn't the first choice for it but they said to her um you know when you're working out who jessica fletcher is you should make her as close to you as possible because you're going to be playing this character a lot for a long time so and she said that in interviews that you know jessica is really quite like her you know they're they're pretty similar so um which says a lot for angela lansbury because jessica's amazing so you know um right well uh we'll, what we'll do now is i've prepared a little quiz for you okay. uh, obviously as potentially the the world leading authority on all things oh. she wrote okay uh, it may be a little bit pedestrian for you but uh, okay. we'll, all right we'll give it a go all right um right um you may have to keep your own score in your head okay okay <laughs> Right. Well, first question. Uh, start with an easy one. Uh, who was offered the role of Jessica Fletcher before Angela Lansbury? Uh, Jean Stapleton, who was in um, All in the Family. They offered it to her first. They had her in mind when they wrote it. But she didn't understand. She said, I don't know what the, who this woman is and why she's always cycling everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. So Jean Stapleton, and I believe Doris Day is mentioned as well, although that seems to be, <clears throat> I can't find so much, like, physical evidence of that that seems to be more oh maybe we thought of that you know uh, rather than actually that's actually. a bit of an urban myth myself mm, i couldn't i couldn't see it myself uh, to be fair um right okay so that's uh, one point right next question what is jessica fletcher's middle name and bonus points for why uh it's b for beatrice uh, and it's named after her friend b arthur and she was friends with her for years they were in maine together on broadway so Yes, yep. no, actually, two, uh, point? two points there. So that's a total of three points so far. Um, right. Now, which show was parodied in the episode Murder with Friends? Bonus points for why. Okay, so um, uh, they, they did a show called Buds in the episode Murder Among Friends, and they were parodying Friends. Uh, and it was because Murder, She Wrote, had been moved in its time slot against Friends very late i think it was for the last season and it was kind of the death knell for the show or you know they, they lost ratings and so yeah it was a parody of, of friends it's brilliant i've done a show i've done a so long and murder she wrote with that episode yeah so, no, I, I read about that in the research for this i haven't seen that one i really need to check that one out it seems from the implication was that they kind of knew even though they hadn't been officially told they kind of knew that the last series was the last series uh, and just basically, as as uh, Angela was a um, executive producer, she just basically took a few took a few pot shots. <laughs> it's it's uh, you know what I the episode is remarkably respectful to to what the idea of Friends is. Their version, which is called Buds, in it is um, you know it's set in a coffee shop and it's just young people talking about sex all day or something. That somebody says at one point. Interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's nicer than you think it would be. So, yeah. So, well, I would say that's a, that's a two points for this. That's a total of five points so far. Okay. Um, right. 
Now, uh, which other successful 80s American TV show did Jessica Fletcher appear in two episodes of? Uh, Magnum P.I. They did a crossover episode, amazingly. So one episode, Magnum appeared in Cabot Cove, and another episode... Well, I don't know. I don't think he ever got to Capico, but she went to. She certainly went to Hawaii. So, and Magnum was accused accused of murder at one point in that episode. Yeah, so. well, that's it. I think it's uh, well from my research. Novel connection and Magnum on ice. Um, very good. Very good. Accused of a crime he didn't commit. Yeah. Right. So, so that's uh, six points so far. Uh, right. Um, next question: How many citizenships does Angela Lansbury hold? Oh, that's a good question. I would suggest she probably holds three. She's got an American citizenship. She's probably got a British citizenship. And I know she has she has an Irish citizenship. So three. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. English, Irish and American. Yeah. Um, right. Let's have a look here. Now, this one um, is possibly more from my world, but we, we shall okay. see. Um, which nefarious real like real life convicted killer has a link to Angela Lansbury? And what was it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know this. Oh, good. good. <clears throat> well, it's good to get one over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, mean, I, don't, I don't know this. That sounds horrible. Uh, Charles Manson. Yeah. Uh, Lansbury's daughter uh, with, uh, was it Peter Shaw? Uh, Deirdre Shaw briefly joined the Manson family uh, and was supporting them financially with uh, her credit cards that her parents had given her. Uh, so Lansbury and her husband... Uh, we're a bit worried about uh, dabbling in drugs and the things, so they cut off the credit cards and they move the family away. Um, and probably, probably for the best, thinking about it, really. Yes, I did. Well, there you go, Pablo. You learn something new every day. I did not know that. That is horrific. Thank you for telling me that. That's amazing. That's all right. That's all right. Um, now, uh, so yeah, so I think uh, out of all, out of a possible seven, you got six points there. So, Hooray! and I can't begrudge you on that. That's uh, especially <laughs> dropping you a kind of tangential link one. There's actually, I forget what it's called now, but there's a, there's a podcast. Um, oh, I forget what it's called now, but it's, it's something about American uh, American storybook or something like that. And what they do is they kind of. Um, um, uh, uh, kind of look at a specific periods in Hollywood history. And one of the ones that they focus on specifically is um, Charles Manson, the Manson family, and all the kind of links to the, um, the the Beach Boys and, um, yeah. you know, all this other stuff. And, yeah, and the, the, the focus on the Angela Lansbury bit are uh, quite, um, quite, quite quite a little bit, and they get, they get the extra detail in there. But, uh, yeah, it's fascinating, you know, if it, for a matter of months, she could have been um, up in the dock with the, the lot of them. So, uh <laughs> oh, I think it's D. I think she called herself D or DD now. I, I don't even know if she's still with us or anything. But, uh, but yes, so there yeah. you go. There you go. Um, right. Um, now, that's the quiz over. So um, with us being a, a horror-themed uh, radio show, you yep. um, and as I say, murder, there's nothing more horrific than murder. Yeah. Yeah. We're still on, still on point. Um, but with every interview that I do, I like to ask... Um, if there was a specific uh, horror film that you were a fan of, if you're a fan of horror films, or if you are a fan of horror films and there's a particular film you think doesn't necessarily get enough love or respect, um, you know, is there, is there anything in particular that really boils your horror juices? Yeah, so my partner is really big into horror movies and because we do this night called Pop Horror, um, uh, the RVT, uh, I've become a lot more interested in horror movies and seen a lot more of them. So, so the quick answer to your question is, I think, I mean, I think probably my favourite horror film in a way is The Descent. I think 
mm. The Descent is a really amazing film, and it and it it did really badly at the movies because the the tube bombings happened at the same time that that film was released. Uh, and I don't know if you know this, but the on the side of the bus that blew up at, at near Tavistock Square, um, the side of the bus has a poster for The Descent. So there's pictures of it twisted, the sign with the descent twisted on the side of the bus. It's really terrible. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, my God, like that, this is like the descent into the maelstrom. Like there was something haunting about that picture with the word the descent on the side of it. Um, but I think it's a really great horror movie because the, the relationships between the women are so strong. And um, and I think it, it sets it up so well that when, the, when they start getting, you know, picked off one by one it's it's more horrific you know it's like oh. so yeah so that's probably that's probably the one that I go back to I think well that's it I think with the descent um it, I think it's a female director and pretty much an exclusively female cast really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. even they not necessarily pass the Beckdale test for most of it because I know yeah. some factors are male oriented yeah. There is, there is sad. You're absolutely right. There is sadly one of the main conflicts is about a boy. So yeah, they don't, they don't quite pass that. So, but you know what? There is a bit of an Agatha Christie horror connection because, I mean, I, I'm not the first person to note this, but I think, and then there were none, is is probably kind of the first horror, um, novel in a sense. I mean, I know we have, I know we have like horror, like you know Frankenstein and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, there's a plane going overhead, so I might just um, can you hear that? It's going. No, no, that's yeah. Um, but, you know, you've got 10 people on an island and they're all picked off one by one. There's no detective. There's no hope. You know, there's something about that structure is a kind of slasher movie structure is is that novel. So and I, when I read that, I was completely creeped out. But it's not strictly horror. I appreciate but Well, I always find that it's, it's one of these things that you get people being quite highfalutin about certain things where, <clears throat> pardon me, where they'll 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 turn the nose up at horror, but they'll, they'll love a good um like murder mystery or Sherlock Holmes or or who done it, and and in many ways, you know, you, you know, it may just be in the telling, but ultimately, you know, I would say that they're kind of a vein of horror in many ways. You know, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a really, um, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of discrimination against horror movies, especially kind of performances in horror movies. When it comes down to the Oscars, if there's an amazing performance and um, it's in a horror movie, it doesn't usually get any attention at all. You know, so I mean, I think. Um, Midsummer, oh you know, yes, yeah, with amazing, amazing performances in that should have been Florence Pugh's just incredible. So she should have got a nomination for that. But you know, that's just my opinion. I'm <laughs> with you on there. I mean, uh, I think Florence Pugh's one of the um, well, I mean, she's already making a making a mark in the world, but um, yeah. she's going to be a, one of the big ones going forward. Um, right. Well, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, finally, the, the one question that I do like to ask everybody is: uh, There's been a horror radio show. Um, now, in the pantheon of horror, you've got Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Leatherface—the the kind of Mount Rushmore of mayhem, or whatever you call it. <laughs> right. um, now, out of the four, um, you're only allowed to keep one, and the other three are consigned to the the dustbin of history. So, uh, out of those four, which would you keep, and which would you cast off? Yeah, so I, I have to give a bit of background to this. So, so when uh, my partner does these nights called Pop Horror, um, it's a basically it's a themed night, uh, usually around a pop singer. Um, so, but with and we ask drag kings and drag queens and alt performers to do numbers using that music, but give it a horror twist, right? So, so we did a night with just share music called the Share Witch Project, and uh, we did one about Kylie Minogue called I Should Be So Chucky. You know, um, and we did a, an ABBA an ABBA night, which was Beyond of the Dead. You know, so 
Nothing wrong with a good pun. Right. So so we decided um, we've done the business for a number of years now, and we do a um, uh, we do the Halloween once as well. So we have like, we did a horror prom, we did a camp Friday the thirteenth, where it was like summer camp and everything like that. Anyway, but the reason I mention this is because um, him and I occasionally perform in it right we'll do a little sketch or something and in the share one we both did a a burlesque strip tease but i was dressed as jason and he was dressed as michael myers so, so with the mask and all of the stuff and our rule is that we don't talk and we we keep the masks on so we will do these ridiculous acts as those characters so if you can imagine them yeah like not like you know, really clumsy and like uh, single-minded, demented, but nevertheless, for some reason, doing a burlesque act. So, um, so, so Freddie and um, no Freddie. So Jason and and Michael Myers are kind of close to my heart. Really, I kind of think that you know, I, I, I've got I've got the mask and the overalls. So I, I would probably keep Jason for that reason. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people keep Freddie because he's more fun and more interesting and he's more chatty. But I think I think Jason is amazing. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, for me, it's it's probably I'm torn between Jason and Leatherface personally. And and you know, you're right in saying that a lot of people go for Freddy Krueger, but then I, I remind them that he is, you know, kind of uh, an undead child murdering sex offender. Uh, so it kind of people then may question themselves slightly. But yeah, he does the yuck yucks, he does the laughs. He's he's you know all for the fun. But let, let's let's not forget why he got those scars in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's an excellent one. And I, I will say, yeah, I think that's one of the things with um, not as much with Michael Myers because he's kind of like the bad seed. He was kind of like Kate yeah. type of thing. Whereas you kind of think uh, with Jason Voorhees and Leatherface, they're kind of a, a victim of their situational circumstances. You know, a if little bit, a little bit, yes. Yeah. I mean, the first horror movie I ever saw was on um, on VHS video at a friend's place, uh, and it was the first Friday the Thirteenth, which I appreciate was not Jason, it was Jason's mum, but um, uh, and I, I remember. Like, Poor old Kevin Kevin Bacon getting done with a knife through the neck while he's lying in bed haunted me for four years afterwards. That movie it was like this is horrific. Um, yeah, um, we saw some movie. You know what was it? It was like a. Um, it was it was done after it was in the style of Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, it was a summer camp thing by a lake, and it's kind of considered an underrated masterpiece. Hatchet? No, it wasn't Hatchet. It was it was called something like Slumber Camp or something like that. Well, I Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp, yeah. Sleepaway Camp, eh? and is there a, a kind of how can we say this? A um, well, I was, was going to try and quote uh, another uh, um, a crying game type um, ending. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, yeah Sleepaway Camp, but yeah, it's it's um definitely there's 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 kind of a there's an interesting kind of focus on some films that were seen for a long time to be bad. And there seems to be a lot of people who are kind of getting up on them now. And some of them were well-deserved and need a second look, but there's certain ones where like, you know, like, um, I mean, not to open it up to the, the wider realm, but uh, you've got things like was it Space Jam and things like that, which everybody knows was rubbish when it came out. And it yeah, was yeah. You get people who grow up and appreciate it for that. And I think you get that with, um, was it Halloween 3, which basically has... Nothing to do with Halloween. Um, it's it's mass in its and its own right. You know, it's a, it's a it's a decent enough concept and a good yeah, enough. Yeah, 
got Tom Sizemore going about slapping women left, right, and centre, which is what he seems to do in all his films. Um, <laughs> but there's no, there's no Michael Myers. So it, yet again, it goes to that sort of thing as well. Why, why necessarily yeah, do it? Yeah. But it's, it's a Midland film, but people are now starting to really push this whole kind of, oh, it's the best one of the franchise, and this. And I said, well, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> when when people were upset when they were remaking Footloose, you know, oh, you can't remake Footloose. It's a classic. And I'm like, I'm just going to stop you right there. Um, the original Footloose was not a classic. It's, yeah. great, it's a great soundtrack, but it's not a great film. So they're allowed to remake it. You know, not it's certainly. It was same, same like as uh, Teen Wolf and all that sort of stuff. I mean, a lot of people seem to love Teen Wolf, but uh, if you've ever rewatched it recently, it's not a very good film. <laughs> no, no, terrible. But yeah, and, and apparently the kids love the TV series that they did. So well, I say the kids, they're probably in the 20s now. That's probably. Yeah, we're getting old, mate. Um, but yeah, um, let's have a look here. Um, so no, that, that's Grands, yeah. So we'll uh, cast the others off, and that, that's that. Um, so yeah, so um, I know I've taken about a lot of your time already, so I uh, appreciate yeah, that. Okay. Um, just say um, thank you for your time. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to see the show uh, on the 6th of October at Whitney yeah. Bay House. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to promote or, you know, is it, are there any kind of social handles that you use that you want to put oh, out yeah. there? So hashtag solve alonger. So it would be great if you people want to get in touch with me. I'm certainly if you if you Google solve along a murder, she wrote there's there's only one of me. You'll find me everywhere. There's a website. So if you're listening to this and, we're, and you know we're near where I'm near Playhouse of Whitley Bay, come and see me somewhere else. I'm, I'm all over the country uh, from now on touring constantly. So hopefully I'll be in a town near you. So but yeah. Yeah, come along and see the show. It's a hoot. And don't and don't worry if you remember who the killer is and don't worry if you've seen the episode before. It doesn't matter. There's still plenty to do. You'll still have a good time. So, Well, that's it. If I'm not mistaken, even if you've never even seen Murder, She Wrote uh, in your life, if, if you're up for a good time, a bit of a, a, bit of a laugh, a bit of audience anticipate, anticipation. Well, anticipation will be there. Participation <laughs> and uh, maybe the old, uh, the old beverage here or there, then um, you, you can't beat it. Although, as I say... I haven't gone until the 6th of October, but I will definitely be there. So do you great work. to see you there, Pablo. Be sure and hang around afterwards. I'll say hello. That'll be great. Definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, well, um, just thanking you very much, and I'll uh, hand back over to Pablo in the studio. Over to you, Pablo. Wow, that was a lovely chat with Tim Benzi from Solve Along a Murder She Wrote. If you want to find out more information, go to solvealongamurdersherote.com to see if he's playing in your local area. Uh, well worth a watch. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, I'm very much looking forward to it. If you want to listen to my show, Pablo's Vault of Horror, you can do so every Wednesday on Nova Radio Northeast. Uh, just go to novaradio.co.uk. Um, or download the Nova Radio Northeast app from your app store of preference. Ask your smart speaker to open Nova Radio Northeast, or if you're lucky enough to live in the northeast of England, it's 102.5 FM in the general North Tyneside area. I think it's on DABs and whatnot. But anyway, um, thank you very much for listening, and uh, I'll be back with more interviews in the future. So uh, take care. And uh, I'll see you on the other side.